Introducing NASM One, NASM's ultimate membership program. Unlock access to everything your fitness career needs to succeed. Unlimited CEUs, free courses, access to our premium app, and exclusive discounts. All for $35 a month. NASM One is best-in-class tools, cutting-edge certifications, confidence in your craft, and everything you do as a personal trainer made easy. So we can achieve our greatest goals together as one. You're listening to the Mindful Drinking Podcast with Derek Brown on the NASM Podcast Network. Welcome to the Mindful Drinking Podcast. My name is Derek Brown. I am your host and I am a NASM certified wellness coach, award-winning bartender, and author of a couple books, including my latest Mindful Mixology, a comprehensive guide to know and low alcohol cocktails. And I'm so glad you're here. This is our inaugural episode. This is the first one in a journey to learn more about mindful drinking and to talk about the role that alcohol plays in our lives. And it is customary in this episode for me to tell you more about me so that you kind of understand why I'm here and why I'm talking to you about mindful drinking in the first place. But I think usually when that happens, there's sort of a string of accolades, right? This sort of, these are all the great things that I've done, and this is why I'm here. And honestly, I do have some of those. So I don't want to say that I haven't accomplished anything. But what I really want to share more than anything is the journey that I've gone on that led me to become a mindful drinker. And in doing so, share a little bit more about what a mindful drinker is, what mindful drinking is in general, and how I got there. Now, I want to be clear about something. This is my personal journey. So while we're talking about drinking alcohol and the things that I've gone through, it doesn't mean that I think you should do the same thing or that you should come to the exact same conclusion. In fact, you will learn later that the very definition of mindful drinking is about the decisions that we make for ourselves and sometimes called intrinsic decisions. So we'll, we'll get to that, but I really wanna share a, a, a little bit, a lot, as much as I can in the next 20 minutes or so about myself. And so the first thing that I wanna share is that why is a bartender talking to you about wellness? That is not the most common role that a bartender plays. More often a bartender is serving you drinks and we talk about lots of things. And some of us are very well-versed in wellness, but it's just not the usual role that we play. And the reason I wanna share that is just so you know why I'm here, just like I said before. The thing is that my industry, which is the hospitality industry, includes restaurants, hotels, and bars, is not necessarily the healthiest place, okay? and that shows up in a number of ways. I mean, we work very late hours. We um, have a lot of stress. It's actually one of the most stressful industries. And it's one of the industries that has the highest amount of substance use. In fact, there's a statistic that one in five people within the hospitality industry have a substance use issue. That means drugs and alcohol, just to be clear. And that's a pretty staggering statistic. And if I shared that with people who are my friends in the industry, they would actually not even be surprised and think it's much higher. That's self-reported. So just to be clear, 
that's a big issue. So why am I here? Well, it turns out that I lived that statistic. I went through an experience where I had to address my own drinking and my own mental health was a, a critical part of that. And that led me to learn more about wellness, to learn more about um, movement, nutrition, recovery, all of the pillars of wellness. In fact, I came to get my certified wellness coaching, not to coach. Not that I'm not coaching a little bit, but I don't actually have clients that I coach. I really just wanted to, a comprehensive education about wellness. And that was the easiest and most comprehensive education I could get without going to get a degree. So when I went through that, I learned so much about myself, about what I needed to be successful and to be quote, unquote, well. Now, I also decided that I was going to study positive psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, UPenn, which is where positive psychology was born from. There's a Dr. Martin Seligman, who actually was the founder of positive psychology, the father of positive psychology, that started the program there. And so I learned there a lot about positive psychology and how that applied to wellness and specifically to substance use and mindful drinking. I brought that up because there is a specific course that I took that was called Positive Psychology in the Workplace. Now, I'm going to talk about this for a minute, and then I promise we're going to get to my journey and mindful drinking, but this is really important. We, in this class, Positive Psychology in the workplace, workplace, I thought we were really just going to talk about business communication, to be honest with you. I really thought, in, not that it would be a breeze, but it would be really just kind of like, okay, this is how we talk to each other, and this is you know how we slap each other on the back or whatever and say, let's do this. It was far more profound than that. In fact, it really touched me in a way that I did not expect at all and set me on a course to think much more deeply about my own experience. And there is one particular exercise that did this, and it's called a leader journey line. A leader journey line is really just, I have one here, it's just a chart of all the experiences in your life. All of those experiences we bring into work, we bring into everything we do, we can't get rid of them. From birth to death, all the things that we experience are going to inform who we are and what we do. I think that's pretty obvious, but sometimes people just kind of look at it as professional accomplishments. And that's maybe what I thought it was going to be, but it was, it was a lot more. And in that process, I learned a lot about how alcohol had shaped my life. Now, I started with um, some very profound experiences around alcohol. And I don't know if everybody has gone through this. And, and, and in a way, I feel like this is exactly what prepared me to talk about mindful drinking. The first thing that happened on this chart, five years old, is my father leaves the family when, when he is, is, has alcohol use disorder. Sorry, I get choked up about it. This is a really important issue to me. So my father is a self-identified person with alcoholism. And he has been in recovery for almost 40 years. But back then he left the family and I was five years old. I'm sure you all can remember back when you were five years old and what your parents meant to you and how that might inform who you are. And so when that happened, he was also a Marine. So I really thought of him as a hero, as this like lion of a man. And when he left, it was crushing, crushing. And I don't wanna like belabor that point too much. I think a lot of us understand what that feels like unfortunately. 
And that was the <laughs> point one, the lowest point on my leader journey line. Now, it wasn't shortly after that another experience happened that really shaped the way I think about alcohol, too. My foster sister, Tina, she had lived with us for, a, I think, a little over a year. Um, I, again, I was a little over five years old. And my, par my parents, my stepfather and my mom had taken her in um, and she started living with us. And I had uh, other siblings, too. And they, were, they just were not as nice to me. OK, they were really wonderful human beings and I love them. And but, you know, what older kids can be like to, to the young kids. So I won't go into the detail there. I can, I'm sure you can imagine they were mostly nice not always as nice as Tina was. And so I had this really idyllic picture of who she was. And, you know, I had a wonderful time spending with her and she'd always play with me and be really nice. And I loved that. Who wouldn't love that? So when Tina turned 18, she uh, went out on a date with her boyfriend at the time, Bruce. Now, Bruce was this really cool guy. He had long hair, he had a motorcycle, and I really thought he idealized him too in a different way. But he took her out to dinner that night and actually he was going to propose to her. So this was a really cool, I didn't know all this till later, but this is a really cool moment for her, a really wonderful moment for her. Um, and, and Bruce only had one helmet. So he's just a chivalrous guy, gave her his helmet and off they drove, went to the restaurant, and I think he proposed, but honestly, we don't know because when he came back, they were hit by a drunk driver and Bruce was instantly killed. Tina would later be pronounced dead when she got to the hospital. Now, again, you know, we all go through different experiences in life and that shapes us. And this one really, really affected me and it carries with me to this day. This is a mindful drinking podcast. I'm Derek Brown, and I'm talking a little bit about mindful drinking, what it is, and my own journey with mindful drinking. So welcome. And if you're joining for the first time, and if you've been with us the whole time, well, let's get right back into it. So I was talking about my foster sister, Tina, and how she had gone out and gotten to a car accident or a, a motorcycle accident from a drunk driver and... Um, and she died and her and her boyfriend did too and i was five years old man that left an impression so as we go along i'm going to fast forward a little bit and i'm going to share how i became a bartender you know i actually lied my way into the profession this happens a lot and i don't i'm not proud of lying into it but i was working as a server at a place called rocky's cafe and rocky came over to me and said do you know how to bartend because the bartender was leaving at the time and i said uh, yeah, I had no idea. I had no idea, but I jumped right into it and I learned a lot about it. In fact, I found it to be, it, it was a glove. It was a, a job that fit like a glove because it was creative. I was able to be social. I was able to connect with people. I could make these really cool drinks. And I learned that people could not reach the alcohol without me, which gave me a great deal of confidence in who I am. And so that was a wonderful, wonderful place to learn who, a little bit more about myself. Now, I had started in the restaurant industry when I was 16, though. So all along this way, I had been learning how to drink from people who were old, grizzled line cooks and lifetime waitresses and bartenders, really great humans. But as we discussed, one in five people in the hospitality industry have a substance use issue. So I, I also learned a lot about how to drink in an unhealthy way. 
And I had all these latent psychological forces from my experience with my father leaving because he was an a person with alcoholism and my foster sister dying. So this was just a big stew that if I had been wise enough to look at it, I might have chosen a different path, but I was young and I was learning. And the way I learned to drink was unhealthy. And so I went that way for a while, right? I continued to drink. And in fact, I made an entire career out of it. Not only did I become a bartender, I was awarded in 2015 the uh, Bartender of the Year by Imbibe Magazine. And by 2017, I opened my own bar, actually years earlier, and I won Best American Cocktail Bar. So I was, I was obsessed with making the best drinks I could, the best cocktails I could. And, and along the way, I was gaining all of these great accolades. In 2015, I was also named as a chief spirits advisor to the National Archives. So, you know, I, this was a, a, a storied career in some ways, as high as you can get as a bartender, right? You know, that is literally, I was literally the, if such a thing existed, the highest appointed bartender in the US government. So, so I had a lot going for me, but in my personal life, things were not as great. And that was not, only due to alcohol, there were a lot of other things going on. Um, and, and, and a lot of those revolved around mental health. So mental health and alcohol use are highly correlated, and, and specifically alcohol use disorder. Let me take a second to define that because that can be very confusing. I've used the term a person with alcoholism. I've used the term alcohol use disorder. It can be very confusing. So let me just explain. Alcohol use disorder is the modern way of saying alcoholism. That doesn't mean that people don't still use the other term, but that's more of a colloquial term. When you're talking about it in medical terminology or you're talking clinical terminology, you are using the term alcohol use disorder or substance use disorder. That's all. And alcohol use disorder and substance use disorder has layers, right? There's uh, mild, moderate, and severe. So so people sometimes have more severe alcohol use disorder, and that has a specific connotation. And that is something that usually requires and probably should require some kind of therapeutic or medical intervention. And that is outside of the scope of mindful drinking. So I just really want to be clear about that. When we're talking about um, alcohol and problematic use of alcohol, um, that's not necessarily mindful drinking, although they kind of exist on a spectrum. But then again, so does light and dark. So let me just be clear. Mindful drinking is is not about recovery from alcohol use disorder. It's usually about the, the way that we drink in terms of peer pressure and sort of habit and conformity, right? Which are, are common problems we have. We end up drinking more than we intend to. And so I just want to draw a line there and I'm going to keep going about my own story. So when I realized that I had a mental health issue that I had to deal with, and I realized that alcohol use disorder was associated with that, I went to an outpatient program. And I want to be honest about this because I think people don't talk enough about the therapy that we get and that we need to heal ourselves. And this is a big healing moment for me. I went there and I had a dual diagnosis of alcohol use disorder and bipolar disorder or bipolar depression. And when that happened, I started going into these different therapeutic modalities I had, I, I thought were kind of strange at first. There was even like a, a movement 
um, therapy class that I thought was going to be extremely weird, but turned out to be really wonderful and healing. So I came out of that and I, it wasn't like I was fixed or, or anything was solved, but, but I had a new set of tools to deal with my mental health and alcohol, which it turns out had been the principal tool that I was using just wasn't as effective as it could be, right? It also brought with it a host of other problems. So when I learned these new tools, I also started focusing more on wellness and learning as much as I can, which is a very long journey, which led me here in front of you talking about mindful drinking. So I'm gonna put a pause there in my own personal story because there's a lot more to tell. My son was born and that also affected me because I don't know if any of you all have ever been hung over when you're trying to change diapers, but that is a really, difficult moment. You have the Pedialyte in hand, it's for you, not them. And you're trying to change a diaper with a baby refuse and you know your head's spinning. And that is not what I would call a shining moment for me. I'm sure many of you can relate to that too, that are parents. So with that said, what is mindful drinking then? I've already discussed how it's not exactly recovery. Mindful drinking in the clinical sense is a self-led strategy to drink or not drink alcohol in relationship to your goals, health, or otherwise. That's a very long phrase, which really just means drinking with intention. Do you notice how in that I don't define it as not drinking when I don't define it as moderation? I don't define it as any of that stuff. I told you my story. My story is unique to me. And you can see very clearly why in 2019 I decided I wouldn't drink. But I reserve that right for myself to drink whenever I want to. I don't identify as an alcoholic, but I do recognize that I had at one point alcohol use disorder. So that means that for me, I'm not going to drink right now, but maybe at another point in my life, I might choose that it's okay for me. And so for you, you have your own personal stories of what you've gone through. Some of you have gone through even more difficult things or, or less difficult things. I don't know. There's really no accounting when it comes to the, the traumatic experiences we've gone through. But what there is, is our own personal story and how that informs how we should drink. But the most important part of it is that we come to terms with it, that we actually take a second to recognize that drinking for some people is completely, you know, part of their normal life. It doesn't seem to affect them. Obviously, there's no amount of alcohol that's healthy but you can drink a healthy life that incorporates alcohol. My name is Derek Brown, and this is Mindful Drinking Podcast. And so if you're with me already, thank you so much for listening. If you're just kind of tuning in or you fast forwarded, I don't know, welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm talking about mindful drinking, and I'm trying to put a little bit more of a definition to it. So what I started to talk about is how we essentially um, each have our own story. And that determines how we relate to alcohol, right? So for some of us, we can drink in a way that, um, you know, it's just an addition to our lives. We have a drink here and there, it's not a, a big deal. And that there's some of us who it's deadly for, literally. And so in between that is where most of us live, in this place where alcohol is a, um, maybe a concern for us. Maybe sometimes we drink out of peer pressure. Somebody hands us a shot or a beer. We're at a wedding. There's a toast. 
there's myriad reasons because alcohol pervades our entire society in so many ways. In fact, in ways that it never had before. I mean, you can get drinks at a movie theater. You can um, get drinks at your yoga class. I mean, there was a PTA meeting. Well, it was a fundraiser, but there was alcohol there too. It's all over the place. And so it's very common that we get pressured into it or that we feel like we have to conform to drinking or we feel that um, it's just, it's what we're supposed to do. But we all have these unique experiences and we have to match them to the way that we drink because alcohol obviously has a very, very powerful effect on who we are and what we do. And so before we uh, go into anything else, I just want to say that one of the most important things you can do when it comes to mindful drinking is to essentially take time to think about what your ideal relationship with alcohol is. For some people, that mean, might mean journaling, right? You sit down and you write it out and you say, this is the way that I want to drink and this is what I've drank in the past. This is how I'd like to do it in the future. For some of us, that's just sitting in a corner and meditating on the subject and some of us walking. What, whatever way that you approach the problems and solutions in your life, taking a second to do that, I think would be very important to establishing yourself as a mindful drinker. There's so much more that we're going to talk about. We are going to talk about no and low alcohol cocktails. We're going to invite some guests who are experts on the subject. We are going to deep dive into aspects of mindful drinking. I'm just glad that you came along with me on the first episode. This is amazing for me, and I hope that it was enlightening for you. And I hope that not only did you learn something about me, but maybe, maybe it pique some interest in something about you and the way that you drink alcohol. So thank you so much for joining us. This is the Mindful Drinking Podcast, and we can't wait to see you for the next episode.